0: Hey, welcome to the Danny Cola podcast, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Superhuman Tools, daily planners and monthly planners. How do you write down your goals? Do you use a planner? Are you making sure that you are getting the things done that you need to get done? You know how good it feels to physically cross off that list that you got that thing done or to check off? Yeah, I did this or I did that. That kind of thing builds momentum into the next day, into the next day, and little by little, you're accomplishing goals and you're doing your thing and you're making yourself a better version of you day to day. Check out the show notes, click on the link, go to superhumantools.com and use discount code Danny for 25% off your planner plus free shipping. My guest on today's podcast is actor, singer, fitness enthusiast, my friend Alex Solowitz. You may know Alex from the boy band Together from the late 90s, early 2000s. On this podcast, We talked a little bit about his career leading up to Together. We talked about the hype and the craziness uh, of that boy band craze and him being in the middle of all that, the ups and the downs. We talked a little bit about music. We talked a little bit about fitness. We were all over the place, and I have to say it was one of my favorite podcasts that I've done to the day. Alex is a very personable guy and very interesting. Uh, I wish nothing but the best for this guy in the future for him, Uh, and I look forward to uh, getting in contact with him in the future and possibly doing another podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast just as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. So without further ado, Alex Solowitz. How much I appreciate this, dude.
1: Absolutely, bro.
0: So uh it was easy enough to set up, I hope. Not
1: too bad. Yeah, I didn't do it. Uh shade it. My fiance did. <laughs> I
0: had nothing. Oh, awesome. <laughs> you know, it's very good to have somebody there like that. I'm I'm lucky enough to have a wife that is fucking there for me every time I need her and it's a great thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, it's she's she's a computer whiz. She's like a hacker. She can write code. I'm, <laughs> I'm using like two fingers, you know, to like it's it's awful how bad i am at computers
0: yeah um cool man well th- thanks for thanks for doing this i'm just uh i'm setting up my instagram live okay give me one second here and then uh we'll just jump right in i really just i, I th- these podcasts for me are a very like conversational style and you seem like a really down-to-earth guy and i, I listened to a couple of your podcasts uh well i actually listened to one of them this morning and like you're just uh you know a really passionate guy that I just want to have a flowy conversation with. This is not like interview style. I think, I think part of the reason why like my podcast is starting to become a little successful is because it's so authentic. And I think, I think, you know, as real as you can be as, as much as you want to give like that, you know, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, for sure. It says Danny Cola Fitness. Can I just have a little background about yourself? I mean, like I I put, I posted that dope video you did, (laughs) but I don't know, I don't know much about you. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll give you a little background about me. So, uh, I've been in the fitness field since 2007. Um, always played sports. I was a real, uh, a a soccer player growing growing up, uh, all throughout my life and in high school as well. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I started doing personal training back in 2007, right after high school, really, you know, learning, uh, kinesiology anatomy and, uh, making it practical, learning a lot of movements and and then starting to train clients right away. And, um, in my early years, in my early, I'm sorry.
1: Do you have a NASM certification or? So I
0: have a a certification through national personal training Institute. I don't know if you ever heard of them NPTI.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so when I was uh finishing up my last year of high school, um, after the school was over, I would take a train and a bus. And I'm, i I live in the in the city of Chicago, right? Like thirty minutes downtown Chicago from downtown. Yeah, so my I would mom's take a,
1: from Park Ridge.
0: Get out of here, dude. That's where I've been training. My that's where I've been working the last eight months. <laughs> dude, I went I went to high school in Park Ridge, man.
1: Oh, okay, cool. All right. Yeah,
0: I went to I went to Maine South out there. So you said your mom's from there?
1: My stepmom, but she raised me, yeah.
0: Oh, cool man. And uh how often do you get back to Chicago?
1: I I dude, I haven't been since I only go for work, you know. So it's been quite a while actually because they don't shoot too many things in Chicago.
0: No, they don't. They don't. It's not real real big place for that. Yeah. Anyway, um so yeah, I was taking a train and a bus downtown Chicago and I got my certification in personal training in 6 months and then once I graduated high school, I got a job right away as a personal trainer. And I was working for two and a half years. I didn't really go to college. And then throughout that time of uh, personal training, I got into coaching soccer at high schools. And I really fell in love with that. And then I said to myself, I should probably get a degree in, in education if I want to continue this route. So uh, I went four years and I played uh I played college football, I kicked and punted and, you know, just kind of developing my fitness background with, you know, football style of exercising and, you know, agility and plow metrics and all that stuff. Excuse me. And, um, you know, I got my personal training or uh, my degree in teaching physical education and health. And I also teach driver's ed. So I've been personal training and teaching the last five years. Mm. And, um, ever since I accomplished my goal of like working in a suburban high school, Mm-hmm. I really picked up my personal training before and after work. And yeah. then uh, I also started a podcast and, and I've been really inspired by a lot of podcasts. I listen to like Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus and um, who else? Like guys like Jordan Harbinger, you know, guys that have been doing it for a long time, like a bunch of different comedians. And um, I just been really inspired. And I was like, well, I love having good conversations with people. And uh, I just started my own podcast and I've been consistent with it every week and I like to tie in my knowledge of fitness that I've developed, my knowledge of uh, education and teaching high school students, and teaching all over the city of Chicago, inner cities, uh, suburbs, uh, different grade levels. I want to take my experience and from training people as well, uh, mm-hmm. and use this pro- this podcast as a platform, and Instagram as a platform, and social and all the other social medias as a platform to just put out good knowledge and, you know, inspire and teach people to do their thing because this is a short life and we have the opportunities to do it. And this is, this is what I'm about, man. This is all I'm doing, you know? Dude, talk to me a little bit about your life leading up to together. How much were you acting? How much were you singing and how much did you think that there could be a real career out of this?
1: Well, I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, I was a really, really, really heavy kid. I was like, um, at one point, I think I was fifteen. I was three hundred and fifty pounds. Wow. So, yeah. So you know, the doctor said I was obviously morbidly obese because I was also shorter than I am now. It was like five seven, three fifty. So you can imagine what that looks like. Um,
0: yeah. Oh shit. And,
1: to, to, to be some, you know, not everybody can get up to that weight. I mean, it takes this, you know, people, if they try, couldn't get up to 350 pounds. But I'm one of those people that is capable of, 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 of being able to put on that kind of weight. So anyways, um, but I, so I kind of, I didn't have too many friends, but what I did have was I could sing. And I was able to just pretty much play any instrument. I don't know why I just I could just pick up instruments and play. Um, so I, I did a lot of that. And then in high school, um you know I, I kind of I, I went on this open call for an agency, and there was like a thousand kids, and somehow they picked me, and um, my mom uh my stepmom. Kathy who uh she would take me out on auditions and and I did one commercial at about 13 I think it was for Armorall and then my grades dropped so um out here uh, it might be everywhere but if you don't have a certain GPA you can't get a work permit when you're when you're a kid so in California right Yeah in California I think that's pretty much everywhere if you don't if you don't make you know your GPA, you, you can't get a work permit when you're a child. So, um, what happened is I just stopped acting and, and that was that, um, you know, but how I much never, of
0: a time, how much time did that take? Like, you know, you say your grades were dropping. Was it consistently every day going to auditions and all that stuff?
1: No, it every wasn't. Day, was, no, 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 not at all. It was like, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, something like that. And then I booked a commercial and then that was it. You know, it was very difficult to book when you're under 18 years of age. Right. Uh, You know, unless you're a Disney channel looking person. And I I just wasn't that person. So, (laughs) um, you know, that, that, that didn't happen. And then, you know, at, uh, you know, I, I started playing in this band. First of all, When I was 16 going into 17, I, um, I, I, you know, like I was out with these, this girl that I really, really liked and she, you know, didn't like me, you know, and obviously I felt it was because of how much I weighed and, you know, I mean, you obviously have to be attracted to somebody. So, um, you know, that, that really hit me. And I remember I was driving, I was driving home, was on the freeway. I was listening to matchbox 20. I was listening to a song called shame. I, I remember the exact moment. And I said to myself, I'm going to lose the weight no matter what, like, I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to lose the weight. So I, kind nice. of- I'm
0: going to tell that to clients now, play that <laughs> song, matchbox 30.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Never, uh, yeah. So, um, I listened to the song shame and and whatever, and you know and and then what I did was I just started running bleachers, so I ran bleachers, and literally I lost over a hundred pounds in about five months, which was crazy that is pretty you know? crazy yeah it's um it was just uh I dieted, I ate a lot of uh um salads from subway. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, with their fat-free dressing and whatever, I mean, I, I had no idea. I, I wasn't nutrition. You know, I didn't have any – I didn't count sodium or, or sugar or anything like that. I just kind of just – you know, I just did what I did, lost the weight. And um, also, when you weigh that much, it's a lot easier to lose weight. Um, For sure. You got more more energy to expend, so to speak. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you go through plateaus, um, after, you know, like 50 pounds, you get to a plateau, another 50, you get to a plateau. And then when you start reaching the 15% body fat, you hit a plateau. And then when you get to the 12% body fat, you hit another plateau. And then from 10 to 8%, it's another huge, hard, probably the hardest plateau.
0: How much taller did you get throughout the process?
1: Um, throughout the process, I got to, I'm like six, one. So, you know, I grew, uh, you know, I shrank one way and grew the other way. So yeah, right, right. You know, it worked out pretty well, but, you know, and I just remember everybody in school, like just the way they treated me was so much different uh, and it, and it really affected me so much so that I just went really inward and um, just started watching people and, and, and I, I was in a band um and they were like my only friends and you know the band was called Liquid Zoo and we were pretty successful out here. I mean we played with like Incubus, we played with No Doubt, we played with uh, head P Static X, Um, Hoobastank. We played all their first shows. They're- yeah, that's a lot of notable bands for sure. Yeah, no, and we were the only band that didn't get signed. So, um, I you know, just kind of did my own thing and I'd play on the Venice boardwalk. And, uh, um, you know, when I was 18, kind of like you were telling me about yourself, you, you uh, started, you, uh, as far as you started working in the gym right after high school, that's what I did. I worked at uh, Bally's. I actually managed Bally's at eighteen. Oh yeah,
0: dude! Bally's fam- Bally's fam right here. I worked there for two and a half years.
1: Yeah, Bally's Total Fitness. So Bally's uh, Total Fitness, dude. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, is the uh, you know the guy that was my GM is now the uh, he now is the president of uh, sales. So I see him all. Are the they time. still around in California? No no no, it's LA Fitness everywhere now.
0: Oh right, right, but, right. Over you know, here
1: as well. Yeah, he moved he moved over to LA Fitness, but I see him all the time. So it's kind of funny, you know, we if I would have stayed in that course, I would have probably, you know, I'd be huge in the LA Fitness world. But I sure. uh, I didn't. So my uh agent at 18 literally gave me a call back. Uh, one day out of the blue and asked me if I wanted to pursue acting or try it. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, the music thing was great. And we had a huge fan base, but we weren't getting signed. And that means we weren't making any money. So, you know, that, that was the deal. And then really at 18, I was just, I looked like your typical douchebag. I mean, (laughs) I mean, if you were to like put like, say, what a douchebag looks like in high school. Like my, I think my picture would be right next to it. Like I looked like a bro, like a bro, you know, like, yeah, Guy that would have been an asshole that picked on people that was like the, the jock, but that wasn't me at all. You know, like I was a complete opposite of that. So, um, you know, uh, I, I was um, yeah. And, and, and what happened was together as far as you know, uh, yeah, First, I actually booked. Um, this is how I quit Bally's Was I had an audition for this big movie, and my boss, uh, Mike Malone, <laughs> who is the <laughs> president of LA Fitness now, of of sales. I'm gonna shout out his name, Mike um, Malone. Mike Malone. Yeah, he said, "Dude, if you go to this audition, then you, you lose your job." And I was like, "All right, uh, I guess I'm gonna look for another job." And I went wow, for the audition. Huge.
0: Audition of a lifetime, right there, huh?
1: Yeah, it really was, man. And I went for this audition, and and the job was only supposed to be for like two weeks, but it was a huge movie, and I didn't think I was gonna get it. I I hadn't worked at all yet, you know. And somehow, by the grace of God, I got it, and uh, it, it worked out. And then I wound up working. <sighs> 10 weeks on that movie, you know? Um, And then from there, that's after, like pretty much right after that movie uh, together happened. I don't even think the movie came out yet. Uh, Together auditions were going on and I was the first person casted in together.
0: And that was like, I mean, how'd you hear about it? What, What were they? I mean, that was around the time where the boy band craze was at its freaking peak, right? We're talking 1999- 19- right, right. When like the height of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and 98 Degrees, and Britney and Christina right. Aguilera, and all that.
1: Yeah, it was before that. Actually, it was 97, 98. Um, oh, okay. When we did, when we were casting for it, when we did the movie, and they were, uh, yeah, Backstreet was huge. NSYNC was just coming around the corner, but Backstreet was like, you know, insane at that point. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the guns who are the, they they wrote together the movie as well as, as well as, you know, different shows in the series, but they, they wanted to make a point that, uh, I bet you we can, you know, take a band, uh, make them say ridiculous things, get them all the right producers, put it, you know, give it to MTV, have MTV, shove it down everybody's throat and it'll be this hit. And, I mean, it was a gamble. Nobody thought that that's what was going to happen. And we did the movie and we were in Vancouver doing the movie and they pretty much offered us a television show right after the movie um, t- t- because it was the biggest, I guess, cable movie of all time. Like it it, it got it, it, you know, it was like the boy in the plastic bubble and together. So <laughs> yeah, dude,
0: I remember it. I remember, man, like that was... I mean, for me, like, you know, I was a, I don't know when I was like 12, 11, something like that, 13 years old, like really into that music. I was a big fan of like boy band poppy music, even though a lot of guys at the time in my age were afraid to admit that they actually liked it. I was fucking out and open with that shit, you know, and uh, (laughs) dude, it was, it was, dude, it was good. It was like catchy, you know, relatable, even though it was like a fake band, but like you guys... You guys snuck in there like like there was Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, and somehow together this yeah. fake boy band with like a 45 year old guy in there is oh, really likable, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean we were yeah, it, it was it was insane, and we didn't even see how insane it was because we were in Canada at the time, so we didn't know how big it was. We just heard, oh, you guys did like your your Nielsen ratings were higher than any other cable movie ever. So Crazy, we pretty much, you know, wrote our own like they pretty much said what do you guys want to do a television show? And at at that point in time my I, I mean we were us and Carson Daly were the highest paid cable people on television. You know, I mean Damn. Damn. Dang. Yeah, it was crazy, right?
0: Speaking so, of Carson Daly, what yeah. like what's it like going like those I mean TRL, that that experience, those shows, you ask high school kids nowadays what, you know, you remember TRL, there you know, there's that, oh, that kind of stuff doesn't really? exist anymore, you know? I
1: know. <laughs> I know. What was
0: it like? What was it like going on that show at, at its like highest point ever, you know? What what was that experience like?
1: I mean, let me tell you, going from a really heavy kid to that had like no girls, no friends, but was in a cool band, um, but still had no girls and no friends, that should say something. And then and then going and then losing the weight and then seeing how people treated me and then becoming successful and seeing how people treated me was such a weird thing for me to take. I, I didn't really know how to take it, you know? I I, I mean being on, I can't even describe what the feeling is like. It's a huge rush. It's like you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You, you can't walk. I couldn't walk down Manhattan, you know, like, like, you know, Broadway or anything like that. Right. People would just rush you. And, and I mean, you'd have to have security. We had to have security around us all the time. It was, it was insane. This is coming. How old were you? How old were you at the, at its peak? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you know? So just
0: a young man, just, you know, old you know, old enough for people to take you seriously, but young enough to still be like naive to how crazy people can be and the crazy shit that's out there, right?
1: Yeah, no, for sure, man. And, uh, you know, you, you start believing the hype where I was just – I became resentful and like <laughs> resentful against women, resentful against everything. Pretty much people in general and i don't know why i just just went in this bubble you know i i uh i just bubbled up you know um, yeah
0: man i mean what so let's let's go back to like during the time uh the songs were coming out you started getting you know some attention uh, did you guys do live performances as well? Like, how how many like how many did you guys ever do like a tour or anything like that? Or was it just just the movie, the TV show, the CDs, the videos, appearances? Like, yeah. what specifically did they have you guys do?
1: We did Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Tour. We did every radio tour all over the country. I mean, we were in Chicago. We did your guys's whatever radio Kiss FM radio station you have out there. Yeah, we did, right. We did. We did every everything from Wango Tango to, you know, Long Island played on Jones Beach. We, I mean, we, we we toured around with everybody. We're very much like Spinal Tap. I mean, I don't know if your listeners will know what Spinal Tap is, but Spinal Tap was basically during the heyday of the long hair rock bands. Uh, right, right. Basically, did the same thing, and we were we were the Spinal Tap of boy bands. You know. But but people didn't take it seriously. I mean, like, cause our songs were catchy. I mean, they were funny, but they were catchy. So, you know, people, you know, I think kids that were too young just thought it was just a great song. And then people that were older were just like, this is hilarious. Are you kidding? How is this happening? So, you know, that's, that's what went on there.
0: Yeah, man. And like, the 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 bond that you you guys created seemed like it was i mean even though it was you know you guys were acting it seems very genuine you seem like you guys all got along very well given the circumstances right random guys getting put together you're gonna act this way you're gonna sing this way because mickey park isn't even anything like you are in real life right you're not that
1: guy no 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 you know and i was thinking yes you know i was thinking about who the person was. Named. Cause I, what I did was with Mickey park is I mimicked somebody in my high school and I just named right, right. his name's name Vinnie Jones. Vinny <laughs> Jones. And he was just this like, you know, I mean, he was Mickey park. That's it. Vin, yeah. Mickey park was Vinnie Jones. And I would just watch this guy who's just insanely like, you know, just was Mickey park. And I just mimicked him. And, you know, it was it, it worked out, I, you know, they I, they read I read in the description of what they wanted. And I did exactly what Vinny would do. And <laughs> I, I was the first one casted for together.
0: So, Dude, that is insane. That's so funny.
1: I mean, that's all I, acting really is, man. It's our life experience, whatever little or lot of life experience we have. Yeah,
0: man. You just get into character, and you don't let go of that mindset, and you just go and do it. Did you have trouble like letting go of that character every once in a while? Because you know he would make sassy remarks. He'd put on this like tough front. Like, did any of it like resonate with you in the celebrity lifestyle?
1: Or? Yeah. Look, I, I always, I never would speak like Mickey Park, you know, <laughs> in my life. But I think my attitude and I I mean, I think I was a real asshole back then. Like I was a real prick. You know, like I I was really cocky and I remember taking everything for granted and um just thinking this train's never gonna end, um, I'm the shit, believing all the hype, you know, like totally You know, and I I had my core group of friends from high school, and they would kind of latch on because I would pay all the bills, and they would always be at my house. And, you know, it was just, it was sure, it was just this giant orgy of (laughs) lots of women, booze, whatever else. And, and, uh, we had a lot of fun, you know?
0: I bet, I bet, man. Like, that's an experience of a lifetime uh, definitely worth your Bally's job. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely was worth my Bally's job, but you know, yeah,
0: that's, dude. It's crazy.
1: You know what I can say about Bally's, which is not really fitness is it's consistent, you know? I mean, you do get that consistent and I would have moved up in the ranks cause I was very good at what I did and, um, over at Bally's, but i you know, I also thought that I could act too. And, but you know, the thing about acting is it's not easy. I mean, there, there are out here in LA, there are millions of actors, literally millions of actors. We're all trying to do the same thing and you're, you're competing against everybody and you know, you have to somehow keep it alive, reinvent yourself. And that's not easy to do. Definitely not over definitely
0: not to stay on like that mental game and then like for producers to tell you oh we like you we're gonna have you do this or you know never call you back at all or you know tell you lies and for someone who's 18 19 21 whatever seeking affirmation like that that can fuck with somebody's head emotionally don't you think
1: oh bro you have no idea I mean, I self-medicated for a very long time. I mean, like you know, that's you know, that's part of my story too. I mean, I, I I didn't know how to handle it. How do you handle being, you know, in one of the top biggest bands, you know, in the country, and then all of a sudden you're not, you know, and, and people are wondering what the hell you're doing, and 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 then, you know, you have to reinvent yourself doing, a, you know, in acting, and and right you know, and I, I, I don't have an, I never took drama, you know, (laughs) I never took an acting class in my freaking life. I mean, I, so this is just, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I, I got lucky, I guess, you know? Yeah,
0: man. Well, so let's talk a little bit more in depth about going from that height, you know, and then, like, when did you feel it start to taper out? Like, that, what did you expect it coming? I mean, not everyone could like the, I mean, that, you know, generations die out, they end and, and people like the next new thing. Did you anticipate that coming at all? Or like, what were you, what were your feelings towards it? What was your plan going forward? I mean, I didn't, and then talk, talk a little bit about like, you know, emotionally
1: how you felt a little deeper. You know, I didn't, I mean, I. I was a kid that had more money than any kid should ever have. And I didn't think it would ever end. And I, you know, I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to end. But then, you know, a year goes by and then people, you know, they still recognize you from together. And then two years go by and then they're like, weren't you that guy in that... And then three years go by and they're like, did we go to high school together? Well, you look really familiar to me. I, you know, and now it's, you know, and then you get to a point and then, and then I had another big like surge where I did Alpha Dog and I did a bunch of other movies Um uh, yeah
0: i remember i remember watching never been kissed and i was like dude mickey park is in that classroom wearing a turtle costume
1: <laughs> right exactly and I, did, <laughs> and I did alpha dog which is a very serious movie and then i dude, did
0: alpha dog i was just talking with a coworker about this before before uh no i, I teach at a high school and we were ta- i was talking telling them about you and i was like they were in alpha dog remember that movie it's very dark serious movie dude that was a great performance it was a good fucking movie man
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, it was probably one of my favorite movies to do. And uh, I got to work with Nick Casavetes, who's amazing. And uh, just everybody on that film was great. And the hilarious thing is who's one of the stars, bro? Justin Dude, Justin Timberlake. Man. <laughs> so how does that ha- – how, like – You know, God's playing a game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's going? Got Ensting
0: and Together's finest in one movie.
1: (laughs) You know, and I was friends with Justin, so he—I mean, we knew each other well. I've known Justin for years, so it was when we saw each other. It was just like, are you kidding me? We're both doing this movie right now. Like,
0: dude, that's that's amazing.
1: (laughs) I mean, I was in a band that made fun of boy bands, which he loved. He was a big Together fan and I was a big NSYNC fan. And, sure. and then, you know, and now we're doing this really dark, serious, true story, you know, um, Alpha Dog. And it was just like, it's crazy, bro. I mean, like, who, who writing? You can't even write this shit. You know what I'm no, saying? No, you
0: can't. You can't, dude. <laughs> uh, I just saw Justin Timberlake in concert two nights ago, three nights ago. Mm-hmm. And, dude, he was phenomenal. Still tip top. The dude can sing, dance, act. He does that shit, man. Like it's coming out of his soul.
1: He's a machine. He is a freaking machine and he is the man and he's down to earth and he was, you could tell he was raised right. And, you know, I, I don't know how he has that mental strength because let me tell you, it brought me, I mean, you know having success and then losing success and then having success and losing success, has brought me to my knees, man. Like, like, you know, just, just with, you know, too much booze, too much partying, you know, just it's, it's, it's taken me to the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And, you know, I have nothing but respect for people who can somehow make it through that maybe as a really good therapist. I don't know.
0: Yeah, man. And you want to talk about that kid, that guy started from when he was like six years old, sure, you know, I mean, and, absolutely. and doing it every freaking day until now, man. I mean, you're right. He you're right. Definitely. It takes a special soul, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. It's, and he's still killing and he's still on top of his game. And, and had I have had that work ethic, who knows where my career would be, you know? Now, fortunately I've had a, a a a good run you know I've, and i'm still doing it you know and i'm just, thank god sure
0: dude. you're yeah. dude, you're a young guy and you're personable and i like i heard you on this podcast this morning and you're still very passionate about this shit man i think honestly dude i think the sky's still the limit for you i mean you have a nice base you i mean you're never gonna lose your voice and you know like i said i'm sure you've made great connections throughout your years and i think the, i think the world has still got a nice plan for alex Holowitz well, I,
1: I really appreciate that and you know now i'm you know i'm I finally got my head together which took years and years and years and years and years and somehow i i have i have a pretty good you know i've i've done i have a big body of work too but i mean you know like all the people that i you know did like never been kissed with were you know are James Franco, Jessica right. Alba, Marley Shaw. I mean, these are huge pe- uh, Drew Barrymore, David Arquette. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I got a story, a Chicago story uh, on Navy Pier. Me um, and James Franco stole a Union Teamsters cart and we were driving it on Navy Pier And we were asking where Jimmy Hoffa was buried. (laughs) So, and I'm filming this whole thing. So I have all this on film. And then one of the producers, I guess, tells one of the police officers to arrest us. So I literally have me and James um, and this kid, Brandon, we were all together, uh, who also worked on uh, Never Been Kissed. All of us getting arrested. And then literally they had us all in handcuffs. And then all of a sudden, the producer comes out and says, "Ah, we're just fucking with you." Damn, you guys got got, punked. You got got punked like the best (laughs) punk uh, ever. And I just—the funny thing is—is the producer on that. I I did. uh, I just did um, uh, MacGyver. You know the new MacGyver.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And the producer on that is uh, his name. I forget his last name, Jeff. But anyways, who was the producer? From Never Been Kissed, and he was like, Hey, do you remember that time on Navy Pier? And I'm like, Of course, I remember. I thought that was the end of my life, right there, you know?
0: Like,
1: yeah. It was funny. So, and it's all on tape, it's on
0: Dude,
1: VHS. That's like so-
0: I was gonna say, what are you carrying around like a camcorder?
1: <laughs> I was, I swear to God. Of course I was. I was a kid, man, on this how YouTube. much how much film
0: do you have from like backstage and parties of like hanging out with other celebrities at different A-list events? I mean, do you still I mean, do you guys were you guys walking walking around with those things? And and how much of it do you still have that's playable? Or I mean, do I you transfer yeah, that shit?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think my mom my mom's trans either has transferred or is transferring everything. I really don't know how much – I don't really remember how much we taped. Not <laughs> not too much because there was kind of cameras always around. I bet. Anyways, and um, we took our time that we had without cameras following us like very, you know, like it was like, ah, we get to relax. Sure. A
0: relief, I'm sure, man.
1: Yeah. So, and even though, you know, I, I think about it and I kick myself because I I took, you know, my work ethic sucked back. I mean, it was good. I had good work ethic, but I was not grateful as I should have been for being on such a cool, you know, if I, I, you know, I should have been so much more grateful than I actually was now thinking back of, uh, you know, when, you know, when it came, we were just like maybe we were tired or whatnot, but we were just like sick of it, you know.
0: And sure, I, I mean after a while, I'm sure it becomes normal, you know. That's your new normal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is, and I mean it's just uh, it, it, it but you, you know, I took it for granted, and I think a lot. You know, I'm, I, you know, I can only speak for myself. I took it for granted, and I did. You know, I I became a prick, and I started believing the hype, and you know, I, I. I just became somebody that I was not. And um and then it takes a lot, you know, to turn that around and reinvent yourself over and over and over. Again, I mean, I've been doing this for over 20 years now. So, yeah. It's, it's yeah, not- man.
0: Do you uh do you do any stand-up comedy at all or just acting?
1: No, 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 no. I just do I mean, I've done stand-up comedy like um I you know with uh with Dave Spade and um i did some stuff with uh, farley you know kevin farley and his brother he still does it right he's still active doing stand-up he is still active doing stand-up yes and uh we you know we tour- i toured around with them a lot you know we did vegas and reno and and stuff like that. But I, I never was too into stand-up comedy. I mean, I think it'd be something cool to do. But I think I'd just get up there and be like, uh...
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. I did it one time. And like I said, I'm a big fan of comedians. I, I watch a lot of them. I listen to a lot of the podcasts. And uh, I, you know, I got inspired. My brother does it regularly. And I wanted to do it. And I wrote some of the worst jokes humanly possible. And I practiced so much. And I was going to do this open mic night. And then I signed up for this open mic. I went to it and I just bombed so hard having the microphone in my hand and just like talking. My mind went blank. It was the most uncomfortable feeling that I've experienced in a long time. Yeah, but but uh, I mean, I'm intrigued by the process and I want to get back out there and do it again.
1: It takes balls to do it, man. And I've seen some of the biggest comedians, literally some of the biggest comedians bomb at laugh factory and play, you know? Yeah. With-
0: oh yeah. It's part of the process, dude. Bombing, bombing is something that you just have to get comfortable with and you got to learn to, to just deal with. I mean, it's like a miniature version of, you know, together going off the charts and then, you know, finding another movie and then dropping back down. You know what I'm saying? It's a yeah. miniature version of that. Not as public, I guess.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's, 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 well, it's, I think it's a lot more difficult because it's just you and it's yeah and it's you know that's it you know you're not you you know acting is easy you get the script to look at you you know you just add a little a little whatever flavor you bring to it but i mean it's easy comparatively speaking to getting on stage and being like be funny
0: right right and then when people are not entertain, they start getting pissed off and letting you know when they get pissed off. You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, I do this coffee time episode on my Instagram as I I just, I sit here, I have coffee and I like spit my thoughts for the day. It's part of, you know, what I've been doing. And Mm -hmm. I was talking about how people are afraid to go ahead and like do their thing that they're passionate about and express themselves unless it's a, a time where they're feeling where of like, you know, they're disagreeing with you or they're feeling uneasy because then they had, they don't have a hard time telling you how they really feel. Yeah. But when it comes to being like passionate and putting out love and doing something, they actually truly enjoy. They want to step back because they're afraid of failure. But the second you fucking piss somebody off, they're <laughs> in your face about it. You know?
1: <laughs> sure. for <laughs> Sure. Yeah. You, um, especially out here, anyway. you know what you say, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that again
1: especially out here you got to watch what you say about everything you know like yeah i'm
0: sure dude in la i was listening to a podcast today with brian callen the comedian brian callen he was saying how there's like you said earlier there's millions of of people trying to act and and you know get ahead in los angeles and a lot of them are just making like like a lot of good actors are just making like a regular living out there you know no one's doing anything spectacular unless they have a really big big name you know
1: yeah it's true i mean that's that's what i've been doing for you know 20 something years is just working on guest stars and movies and you know just making a living you know what i'm saying it's just a, a job yeah, man. it's just uh yeah for sure you well know, put our pants on the same way at the end of the day i mean i don't care how famous you are or how everybody has you know Even, uh, you know, I don't care how famous you are, how famous you were, they still have their own problems. And we don't know, you know, we don't know what people are going through. I mean, who who just OD'd? Uh, Didn't Ariana Grande or something like that just OD or something like that? She did? Somebody did, Some, or Selena Gomez. One of them, I know. I'm pretty- one of the girls. Did get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah.
0: I know. Uh, Mac Miller just died. A 26 year old. I know, dude. That's and dude. I that's awful, dad. man. Yeah. That like when I heard that, I was just like, Are you kidding me? Another one that just. I mean, like you were like you talk about it because you have that experience and you can understand like what it's like to be you know, loved one second and then the next second just kind of not be everyone's go-to anymore. And, you know, like like we were talking about earlier, being rejected and, and, you know, being accepted and listening to what these producers have to say. And a lot of it's fucking fake. And then at the end of the day, you don't know what to really feel man, I can't imagine what that really feels like, you know? And then the, you know, the amount, the amount of drugs you have, I'm sure you have exposure to and access to at the flip of your finger, the unlimited amount of money. Uh, I can't begin to understand that.
1: Well, let me tell you that, you know, as far as Mac Miller goes and I can speak, I've been sober now for a long time and I saw him getting sober. You know, we go to the same, uh, meetings So, and I know there's anonymity to, you know, meet those meetings, but since he's passed away, I can say that, you know, I I would watch him and his struggle. And I mean, it's a a struggle, man. It's a struggle for me. It's a struggle, you know, it's a struggle. And thank God I have, you know, years sober now, but it was, it was very difficult. It's easy to just medicate, not feel anything. And that goes along with booze or even eating, I mean, you know, sure. whatever you do, whatever your vice is sex, whatever it is, uh, to get your head out of your head, um, you know, is, and, I, and I, and I know that struggle, you know, and I was probably, sorry about that. I don't know why this is okay. going on. Um, and-
0: I got my dogs barking over here like crazy. I'm sorry about that. If you yeah, can I, hear them, I, these
1: I, two are just I
0: unreal. I have a, a sh- uh, two shepherds that are just running around my yard.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I got a little, uh, malty poo. My little, <laughs> <It's> LA <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't have big dogs out here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We got to have a furry baby in the house to keep yeah. us, you know, oh. keep us together as well. But anyway, like you, you were talking about your sobriety and understanding what Mac Miller was going through.
1: Yeah. I mean, I saw him getting sober and it, you know, it's, it's punishing, man. It's, it's tough. There's nothing worse. You know, there's nothing worse than going through withdrawals. Um, and going through that process. And, you know, I didn't really have, uh, you know, I always was a pretty moral person and, um, I didn't have that problem. I didn't, you know, at at this time, there goes my dog at this time I was, uh, you know, I, I had been sober for a little while already and I just, you know, I think he was wearing a Mac Miller t-shirt too. It was kind of funny, <laughs> but you know, he went up and he took a chip and I just, you know, uh, so that's the capacity that I knew him from. And and it's just, it's hard, man. And, and you'd be surprised how many actors are are in the program, you know, are are, are in, you know, are getting sober in one program or another, um, be it a, a or NA or whatever. Um, because it's, it's, uh, it's all around us and it's, it's difficult and it's easy to medicate and, uh, and, and, um, you know, and then once you finally, uh, get the drugs or whatever out of your system, um, then you have to start working on yourself, you know, <laughs> and then you kind of start yeah. dealing with, with everything. Cause let me tell you, man, I don't care how much money you make, um, because I made, When I was a kid, I thought I was going to live the rest of my life. I mean, I wouldn't have to work a day if I was smart with my money. And I wasn't. I spent – I mean, I was broke, I mean, within a couple years. And I didn't want to work after together either. So I just – and I I wanted – I sold my house and I decided that it would be a good idea to start living – at hotels, you know, like the Chateau Marmar, or like, I mean, talking like four or $500 a night rooms, which is like insane, wow. you know, you will go through a million dollars, millions of dollars real quick. Let me tell you really, really <clears throat> quick, especially with the right friends around, you know? Um And then, uh and, and, and then, you know, I, I finally figured it out. Thank God I finally figured it out, you know? Um and it's it's what it comes down to is what i believe is just family you know family good friendships um but mostly family like you 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 have your family and your core group of friends and that's that's what keeps me going and my passion for what i do you know i love being an actor i don't care if they tell me no a million times if i go in the room and i do my best that's all i can do you know what i mean
0: absolutely man like you can definitely tell that um oh sorry you can kind of hear an echo give me one second You, i was just gonna say you can definitely tell that that passion is still there like i said i listened to that podcast um earlier mm-hmm. and it's there man it's seeping out mm-hmm. so i wanted to ask you here um this together reunion, you're like, this is never going to happen,
1: right? Yeah, I did say that. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Um, but hear me out. I know that MTV probably won't go for this shit, and you don't need MTV, but I think you need to learn to be a little bit more tech savvy and then start your own podcast.
1: Yeah. You know, I would love to do that. I was thinking about that too. Like it'd be cool to have my own podcast, especially with all the cats that I know, you know, that would love.
0: Absolutely dude. Nostalgia kills all the time. People want to relive their old lives. Any chance that they get, I guarantee you the second you start streaming live on YouTube or start putting up YouTube videos with you and, um, uh, Noah and Kevin and Evan, right. Um, It's going to be a huge hit, man. Like you're a likable guy, you're down to earth and people can relate to this story. I'm pretty sure.
1: You know, the thing is, is that we are still all different people. Do we keep in touch? Not so much. Kevin's doing his own thing. Evan is retired and he's not coming out of retirement for less than a mid six figure number. And, (laughs) um, you know, Noah, you know, I don't know what Noah's doing, but you know, he's in Utah and I'm out here. Kevin's out here. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Uh probably comedy and I think he has a podcast as well. But no, sure. I get it. And if it was a perfect world, yeah, man, I would totally do it. And you know, a a couple a couple years ago they asked me to uh sign on to do this thing where uh, they wanted to get the five biggest boy bands like members from, you know, Backstreet and Sync a single member from each of those bands, 98 degrees together. And I think, um, I'm not sure who was the other band and just all of us to agree to do this, like work, we we build houses, you know, like for like poor people. Yeah. 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 And and (laughs) <laughs> so, uh I mean I don't know what they want a, a bunch of forty year old ex boy band members to be building houses. I don't even know how to hold
0: it. Yeah, I, I guess that sounds like a good PR move, I guess, right? I mean, boy you know, bands care about the community. Yeah, right. Like, let's let's show it by building houses. I mean, right? Are they gonna ask you to do a signing too afterwards? I don't
1: know, man. I know how to plunge a toilet, but that's about it. I mean I, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't I can't uh, I'm, I'm really bad at building anything, you know, (laughs) I wasn't even good at building. Yeah,
0: dude, I'm the same exact way. Um, so you talked a little bit about like finding yourself, what, what type of meditation practices do you have? Do you do any sort of like breathing exercises or any sort of like meditation?
1: You know, I don't, I I don't, but you know what, after this, I'm going to send you something really funny uh as far as meditation thing goes and when i think of meditation it's just <laughs> it's just this guy okay cool i don't know yeah if-
0: i'm a i'm actually a big proponent of it i i really like it i like breathing and i'm I like all getting about
1: zoned it. I, in it's just like it's it's there's this guy and he's like you know all right take a deep breath and just <laughs> breathe out fuck you you know <laughs> Dude, it's, you're going you're going to fucking love this thing. And it's real. I mean, it's real, you can actually meditate to it. You know, like it's 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 funny, but I never got into meditation. My meditation right now is the gym. Like I was I, yeah. I was at the gym today for 3 hours and 20 minutes. Now some would say that's overtraining, but like I that's what I have, you know? I mean, when I'm not working, yeah. what else am I going to do? I'm at the gym, you know? So it's uh, I'm I, I, I that's my meditation. Dude, you're pretty jacked,
0: man. Talk to me a little bit about some of the workouts you do.
1: So I have a lot of uh, problems. I have a shoulder problem, um, and I have, uh, like, my ACL got torn, and, like, so I have knee problems. And so I can't quite lift. You know, I used to be able to lift Buicks, and I used to go in the gym and be like, "Sure, I'm going to lift heavier than everybody and blah, 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 and that's the only way to get big that's the only way to hurt yourself is oh yeah, what I wound up figuring that out real quick. And, you know, I did hurt myself and now what I do is a uh, tut, you know, um, uh, time, uh, time under tension training. So it's like, basically I clock myself and I do, I guess what they've done studies that say that 60 seconds on a particular workout on a particular muscle, uh, uh will you know that's when you're getting your most the most out of it if you can do 60 seconds so basically take out the weight (laughs) you know drop the ego put the ego away take down the weight and do 60 seconds of really good concentrated reps
0: yeah that's a that's a method that i like to use a lot when i train clients you know the number is really arbitrary it's just about you know how you're making the body fatigue, um, and in different ways too. You know you don't want to be lifting heavy weight for a super long period or a long phase. Well, I like can't. to say, you know, because you your can't. joints can't take that right. shit yeah, for can't. so long. You know, you're gonna end up with issues. You know, sure. so um, I am a big proponent of what you're saying. This tut stuff. I'm pretty sure that uh, Ben Greenfield. You know Ben Greenfield.
1: Yes, I've heard of him. Yes.
0: Yeah, Ben Greenfield is a big proponent of this style of training too, um, and. A bunch of sorts of training as well. That guy's a wizard when it comes to testing himself and My, figuring out what the body's actually made of. You know,
1: you ever watch Athlean X? Yeah, I watch Athlean X. Yeah. That guy's a wizard too. He's so smart. He's he's a G, bro. I mean, he's a G, and he doesn't he doesn't practice the Tut um, training method. But I mean, some of his workouts are just like. Oh, okay, I get it. That's what I'm doing wrong. And you see I see. Yeah, that and about- he
0: breaks it down very simple for people to understand. Yes. That's why he's really successful.
1: Yes, and he's very he's very knowledgeable.
0: Very he's knowledgeable.
1: Very knowledgeable. And um, you know, I think like um as far as that goes, um yeah, I just I see people, I see guys at the gym and yeah, they I mean, they're lifting incredible amounts of weight, but they're not really doing it. I mean, I'm you know, I'm working back lats biceps today. And of course, cardio and I do abs every day as well. So, um, uh, you know, I'll, especially like when you're working your lats, like you'll see guys go in, or back, you know, it's a pull exercise and they put on a huge amount of weight and they just pull back and then yank the machine forward. And then they pull back and yank the machine. I mean, they're not getting any sort of a negative at all. And your negative, is right. you're getting a lot of your, I mean, that's growth. that's, where you're fatiguing your muscles. Sure.
0: Lengthening the eccentric phase of the workout or the movement or the exercise uh, is
1: extremely important. Extremely important. I see these guys doing it. I'm just like, this is why you aren't getting anywhere at the gym. You know, like this is because I, some of these guys are, are there as religiously as I am and are just completely out of shape and they probably eat bad. I'm sure that, that, has something to that's do.
0: another I mean, huge factor
1: i mean eating is 80 percent. i mean is in the kitchen you know i do my meal preps mondays and wednesdays um and and eating is is so important i mean one goes you can't have one without you can and and you can be like in like you know like chubby good shape i guess but like if if you want to get anything accomplished you have to eat right
0: Half absolutely. It's absolutely what, what style of, uh, like, do you do any, uh, different styles of diets or inter- intermittent fasting? Or do you do anything particular? Are you just counting macros or what?
1: No, I don't, I don't do any of that. I'm not, like, I just like, t- I get ground turkey, the 97%, you know, fat free lean yeah, yeah. turkey. And, uh, I, you know, no sodium, no nothing. Um, and just stick it in this huge thing. And then I put like peas and I put uh, a little bit of corn and, um, and that's pretty much it. And I use dash as well. So I, I eat really, really clean. like, I don't know anybody even that does meal prep, like that does a paid meal prep um, that eats as clean as I do. Like I'm like, i don't even have cheat days you know and i know that i really? should i know that i know that that's wrong i know that like you, you well not a cheat day i believe in cheat meals sorry not people do cheat days you don't do a cheat day you do a
0: cheat dude day. i do cheat weekends man
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that's all about checking your body you know and yeah I, I know that yeah you know i mean I I know that to be true that you, the only way you're going to, you're going to get anywhere is if you do trick your body, your body needs to be at a constant, like confusion all the time in order to pass certain plateaus. And especially when you're at the 10% body fat um, range um, in order to, you know, get any leaner than that. There's you, you've got to really, really trick your body. There's a, you can carb load, but that only works for a specific day. You know, like on day ten, if you're carb loading, I don't know if you've ever tried that. Um, so
0: I like to car. I carb cycle. Okay. So what I'll what I'll do is um, I'll go super low carb for like five to six days, mm-hmm. and then I'll do a two day period where I refuel. You know, um, and then. I'll be fine for a couple of days, and usually my refueling days is uh, don't let me kid you is fucking sugar from everywhere, <laughs> you know, wow. no holds barred. I'll have fucking pasta, I'll have candy, wow. and then Monday rolls back around, and I'm I'm really strict like you. I'll have you know lean turkey breast or ground turkey. I'll have chicken steak, fish. I'll have eggs and a lot of greens and nuts and seeds. I'll do yogurt and cheese. Right. Um, But, you know, everybody, everybody responds differently to different things, man. And it also depends on like what your individual goals are. Like I'm like you, I want to try to stay as lean as possible under the circumstances of what I can get away with as well. You know, how, how do I feel in the gym day to day? I think a lot of it is being intuitive with how you feel and everyone's on an individual scale with
1: that, you know? Absolutely. Like you hit it right there. We are all individuals and nobody knows your body like you do, especially because you've been into fitness so long. Like I've been to fitness for so long, we know our bodies. We know what we can and what we can't do, and what we can get away with and what we can't get away with. Now I know that I could get away with probably doing that sugar thing, but I probably don't eat more than ten grams of sugar a day, and I don't eat. That's crazy, man. I don't eat dairy. I don't. Um, I don't eat anything with sugar in it. I. Uh, I, I try to keep my sodium really low. And, um, if I have like a photo shoot or something where I need to be really lean, what I'll do is I'll carb load, which is like four days of completely carb loading, you know, like just loading up on carbs and then pastas, breads, fruit specifically. Yeah. And then my, uh, my fourth or fifth day, my fifth day would be strictly protein. Only protein, no carbs whatsoever. And then I'll do it again and have another run. And then on your tenth day, you should be as lean as you're gonna get for anything. Hmm. And then I that I mean, that's what fitness like I, I started reading about this, you know, what fitness models do for shoots because I had shoots. So that's that's what they what they say to do. That that Sure.
0: Okay. I, I did a podcast with a bodybuilder. A couple of weeks ago, he did the Arnold Classic in Barcelona, and he was taking me through his regimen on how he depletes himself of wow. you know, glycogen completely. And then he refuels, similar to what you're saying, four days prior to the competition. And then, you know, by the time the competition comes around, you know, he's just swole as fuck, yeah. you know. And that's funny. <laughs> as puffy our, as can be.
1: One of my best friends is the judge of the Arnold Classic, uh, Eric Hillman, who owns Europa.
0: Yeah, that's where he was. He was pre- he was doing the the physique contest in uh, in Barcelona, Arnold Europa.
1: Yeah, was he? Uh, yeah, that my my friend owns Europa, which is crazy. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah,
0: his name is Nino Barbu. He's a personal trainer in Dubai. Oh, He's a, I mean, like through through this podcast and through Instagram, like I've developed relationships like this just from reaching out to people and having podcasts and conversations like this, and you know, they've become like pen pals. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. For- so like we'll keep in touch and we'll, we'll we'll talk about you know different types of things through Instagram and then you know before every show he's got we'll do another we do another podcast. Was he
1: is is he natural or is it was he in the natural competition natural?
0: For- yeah, I'm fairly certain he's natural. He definitely looks natural. He doesn't look anything like uh, he's not you know like regular
1: bodybuilders right. would. So he looks more like fitness model type.
0: Yeah. It's a yeah, physique show. He looks, he looks pretty, he looks pretty lean, not super big, you know? Right. And, uh, like I said, he's, you know, a real animal when it comes to nutrition. He's got a PhD in nutrition. He actually trains the, uh, Dubai police Academy kids. So guys that are coming in to be officers in Dubai, he's the one doing all the physical fitness.
1: Wow. That's crazy, bro.
0: Especially- yeah, dude. It's a pretty interesting job. Like you can only be Muslim you can only be a Muslim police officer in Dubai and you know, he's a Christian guy and he says that like, that's one of the things, you know, that they're really adamant about, but because you know, no. he's at where he's at, his knowledge is where he is. He, you know, broke the mold and started teaching these kids and you know, he's real successful out there He's doing his thing.
1: Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I gotta, I gotta check that out. I gotta check him out, man. Cause I'm always, yeah, he was yeah. just that.
0: We just, it was like the last two or three episodes I did. Um, you know, good dude, super good dude, really nice. And like I said, through this, I've created relationships and I've learned so much. Like, you know, you get the work ethic of this guy and the story of you and, you know, somebody else that I've talked to. Like I piece these things together little by little and, you know, I kind of mold myself into being better. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, for sure, man. And, and you know, it's, it's it, you know, fitness is like my life. You know, my, fitness and acting are the two things that I'm most passionate about is the gym. Anybody who knows me will tell you the gym and acting are like what I'm most, most passionate about. And, you know, I love doing, I love doing research on it. I love, I love everything about it. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And let me tell you the story is I, I, you know, I relapsed on food and, 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 and this happens, so when I was 27 and I was just at a really low point and I actually did a movie and uh, it's called, and you can YouTube it and you're not going to believe it, bro. If you YouTube deadliest lesson movie of the week, it was a lifetime movie that I did, right? Mm-hmm. And watch the movie. I'm in the whole thing, but watch, I'm, I'm at about 360 pounds at 27. I gained the weight back. That's how, what? That's how crazy it is, bro. And not only deadliest lesson. Yeah, deadliest lesson. YouTube it, and and literally like, like screenshot a picture of me. You will not believe how heavy I. Like, I, I know you're trying to picture in your mind how heavy you think I look, but like, wait, wait till you see. Like, just YouTube it, and then you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, how does he do it? And I went from. I'm probably 40% body fat, and now I'm probably like at uh, probably somewhere in the 8 to 10% body fat range. And here's
0: Jesus, man. Like, what'd you do? Did you just eat everything in sight all the time?
1: Yeah, you know, I just stopped caring, and I was doing a lot of drugs, and I was eating a lot of food, and I didn't care about really anything. You know, I just wow. And
0: I- um, did the role call for that, or you were just like, fuck it, I'm gonna try to get this rolled? Being
1: how I am, bro, the role was a straight offer, and they had no idea that I was fat until I came in there because my headshot showed me as good shape. And then right. when I came in there, they're like, Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I'm like, It's me, Alex Solowitz. <laughs> oh, <370 laughs> you park up in this mug. 70 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, it was a straight offer. So, I <laughs> mean, But I mean, it worked out. I think I did a decent job. I had some definite problems uh, getting in trouble on that movie. But I, I, uh, uh, you know, because of the shape that I was in, not physical, yes, physical shape, but mental shape as well. Um, uh, But yeah, I mean, and then another thing that goes along with that is the skin. Let me tell you, when you lose that kind of weight, you will have skin. And I... Thank God, fortunately, somehow, uh, and the doctors say like I'm in some like ridiculous like one percentile of people who have lost as much weight as I've lost. And if you see pictures with me without my shirt off, like I don't have any skin, I have abs, you know. So it's like it's it's crazy, it's it's insane. I'm just uh,
0: yeah. There's a guy. There's a guy that uh, did a fast for like. Over three hundred and eighty days, or something like that, he just did nothing but uh, he did a water fast, and then he was taking like multivitamins and stuff, right. and uh, he was just kind of fueling off the fat that he had. He lost all his weight, and his skin shrank with it too.
1: Right. I mean, so I mean that happens to people, That's it does, but it is wild. Here's the problem with diets. And I, and I love, you know, I I hate diets. Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, all that. Yeah. Fad diets. They're not practical. You know what I'm saying? They're just not practical. They're, they're, they're not, (laughs) you're not, you have to do something that you're able to do on a daily basis all the time. And yeah,
0: they're not long-term sustainable. They say that the, um, the, the two main points in a diet, so to speak, is consistency and adherence. How consistent can you be with it and can you adhere to it on a regular schedule, obviously? Exactly. You know? And I... And, um, like, there's this guy that I do podcasts with, too. He's super smart. His name is Mikey Sell. Right. Um, he, he did a, a, a podcast... We did a podcast because he did this study, man, where he ate eight weeks of Chipotle. He did eight weeks of a vegan diet. Right. He did eight weeks of nothing but a McDonald's diet. And... He's just trying to prove a point where if you keep the calories consistent, you know, he was training at a caloric maintenance and you keep the macronutrients in line every day that if you put yourself in a caloric deficit or ma- maintain, you're going to either stay the same weight or lose weight. Right. And this, this guy started at 240, 240 pounds or something. And he ended six months later after the McDonald's diet at like 207.
1: Yeah. See, I'll get like that too. If I stop working out and like, I just had a surgery where I couldn't work out for six weeks and I lost 30 pounds, you know, and I wasn't trying to lose weight by any means. And I was eating, I mean, I always, like I said, eat healthy, but that works for me. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That, that my diet will not work for everybody. I'll go out. And even when I go out to eat, um, I, I still watch as much as I can, I don't, first of all, I don't go out to dinner very often, but when I do, I still try to keep it as clean as possible. And that works for me, but let me tell you something. I know so many people that have gotten their stomach stapled or their, uh, you know, their gastric bypass surgery and what happens to them? They lose a lot of weight and then two years go by, you see them again and they blow up to either what they were or they pass what they were same thing with weight watchers and jenny craig i try you lose a bunch of weight and then you can't sustain it and then you go past because you haven't dealt with the mental part of it and and that's a
0: right thing
1: i mean food is comfort it's a pacifier it's like sucking your thumb or watching television it's you know it's, it's 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 and and you have to make it something else you have to um Eat to live, not live to eat, you know what I mean sure man you have a, you have to have
0: a good relationship with food that's that's what it comes down to. You have to have a good relationship, you have to know how it affects your body. obviously, you want to make sure that you're doing some sort of movement or some sort of exercise because that's extremely important yeah, and absolutely. you know, like I said, just have a good relationship with it. A lot of these fad diets alex they they they're easy to put you in a caloric deficit, but you know. How long, like you said, can that be sustained for? Right,
1: and what they do until
0: until you start falling off the deep end. And I, you know, I feel it myself too when I do these carb cyclings. Like I, you know, I'll go off the deep end literally on Friday, and I'll just kind of have what I want. You know what I'm saying? And then Monday rolls around. I'm very disciplined, and I I do my thing, and I always have at least a 12 to 16 hour fast. Um, That's you know, I try to do that every day, and then really, really disciplined for five days, like I said. And then after that, it's just, you know, a weekend of really shit.
1: And, but I mean, that works for you. And like you were saying, everybody's an individual and everybody has their own thing. And that, and that works for you. Something yep. in my head won't let me do that. I, I don't know why. I, I know intellectually, I know that I could absolutely. And i probably get better results maybe even if I did you know change it up a little bit you know have you know basically like what the weight watchers and all that crap is is they do like 1600 2000 2300 calorie a day then they drop down to 1600 and then they do it all over again so you're tricking your yeah. your calories but yeah you know that's just not sustainable i mean nobody wants to be on no. be on weight watchers forever you know, to be on jenny craig forever you, you-
0: they want you to be though you know what i'm saying those those companies are like made so that you can be on that for a long time and they want you to be with them for a long time. I'll tell you something, Alex. Being in the industry, as long as I've been in the industry, and, and I'm sure you could adhere to this as well, but there's so much ignorance. People don't fucking have any idea how to eat, how to
1: exercise. No, and It's crazy. Even the trainers, man. Even the trainers at the, you know, like in LA Fitness, like a big chain. Oh, yeah. They're like, what the hell they are doing? I mean, I've seen somebody, <laughs> first of all, I think they're, body fat machine, you know, that holding machine is garbage. Yeah. That's, you know, they used to, I know it's awful. Now it's the holding thing. And you know, the only way to get your true body fat percentage is the dunk tank, you know?
0: So hydrostatic weighing, uh, there's a couple other methods too, that they use, um,
1: like scale. Like, does that, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really kept up with that, but like, there's like a scale that's supposed to measure your body fat percentage. I just don't buy it. How is that possible?
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not that smart enough to understand the technology that goes into that. Like you know, we want something practical. We're not going to have access to hydrostatic dunk tank or a DEXA scanner. And even some people say a DEXA scanner isn't all that accurate because, I mean, I, I I won't even begin to try to explain to you why. But even if you had like those skin calipers, right? The skin calipers, uh, right. That's- those are those are th- those are okay, you know, I guess. But yeah. you know, I think the true test. Is when you're when you look yourself in the mirror and your body says back to you, "Hey, I like what you've done with the place." <laughs> For
1: sure, bro. That's perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, yeah, right, exactly.
0: You know, like people get too caught up with the numbers, and like if you listen to some like uh, like fighters that or like trainers that that train fighters and they have them do their weight cut two weeks or a week before the you know while they're in fight camp right before the fight, mm-hmm. they lose like. 20 pounds of water weight man oh i know so for like the average client to get really upset about fluctuating for two to three pounds is really ridiculous i mean that's like eating drinking some water taking a shit and then doing it over again that's all it is and like no i was two pounds more i'm two pounds less or i'm down whatever you know what i mean like just make sure you're moving get some exercise like try to find something that you like stick with it challenge yourself Mm -hmm. get on a good relationship with food do some like mindfulness, meditation, gratitude practices, yes. fucking be kind to people, yeah. have a social life that's fun and like, you know, manageable with disciplined and like live a fucking good lifestyle and enjoy this time day to day. Enjoy the process. I think people, you know, they, they want to be in a place in three months. Like, wh- why not enjoy the fucking day to day? Like, enjoy the grind. Enjoy the fucking time that you have right now, because that's what you have, you know? And it
1: took me. 30 years to figure that out, man. I mean, it really did. It took me 30 years to figure out what you just said. And I, I agree with you 150%, you know, I mean, to enjoy every day and, you know, and I do, you know, the way, if somebody were to look at me, they would say, there's no way you could be enjoying the way you eat or the way my work ethic at the gym or anything, but that's not the truth. I love it. I love, and if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? But I, 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 love, I love, I love it. You know, I mean, there's not, there's nothing, nothing but when, uh, you know, the when I get to work, which as an actor, you, you're only at best working four months out of the year, five months out of the year. Um, you know, we, the rest of the time, this is what I love to do. And and even when I'm on set, I still train. You know. And uh, you
0: got to get a pump backstage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and he, let me, I, you know, I know I, here's another thing. I, I see people that get, you know, those services, those meal prep services, yeah. which are great. Nothing wrong with them. If you got the money to blow on that, that's great. You know, you don't feel like cooking. Um, But then I see this lady, actually, my girl Shay was telling me about this, and she poured barbecue sauce all over her meal prep. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, just go to, go to, go to Chipotle, go, go eat wherever the hell you want. You're just pouring barbecue sauce all over your meal prep. I mean, if that didn't make sense to me, that got me a little weirded out, you know? And I,
0: yeah, well, let's do it. Honestly, if someone is going to be, lazy enough not to make the food themselves and order and get something already prepped for you, <laughs> of course, they're going to go that little extra and be like, all right, I'll throw some extra whipped cream here, or some ketchup, or you know what I'm saying? Like that's the kind of person that does it. And and don't get me wrong, man. Sometimes I'm w- one lazy motherfucker and I don't want to, cook and you know a lot of times my wife does the bulk of the cooking and i'm and i'm th- thankful and grateful for that right. and you know we we'll, you know she'll prep it and i'll have my stuff ready to go in the morning because i'm training clients early in the morning i'm teaching during the day right. i train at nighttime and on days i'm not training i'm podcasting right. so like i'm i'm thankful for someone to help me out with all that shit because it's not easy to do man it's just not an easy thing to do and
1: i but i look at it and i'm like it's a mortal sin what are you doing, yeah. you know? And that's just the way my, yes. I don't know why it works like that, but it does. So, you know, um, as far as that goes, that's where I'm at on my, on, on, on food and working out, you know? But, um,
0: yeah, man. Well, dude, that th- th- look, this has been a, a, a great conversation. Really, dude, you're a down to earth guy, and I really appreciate you doing this and taking the time out of your schedule to, to talk with me and, and get on my podcast. Yeah. Um, man, I, I look forward to doing this again one day. Yeah. What, what do you say to that? You know,
1: I'd, I'd love to do it, man. And I got, um, you know, I just did uh, Call of the Wild, which is the Jack London uh, novel, uh, with Harrison Ford. So that, that won't be out till 2019 Christmas, but that's going to be another good one. And I'm just grateful, really grateful. Thank God, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm able to get another studio film in and, uh, and, uh, Wolfenstein is my game. So if you guys play video games out there,
0: that's your game. You have a game. Yeah.
1: Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein one new order and Wolfenstein two. That's pretty cool, man. Hell yeah! So wait, haunt before
0: before I let you go, talk a little bit about this movie with Harrison Ford.
1: So it's uh you know um it's Disney, it's Fox, it's a 20th Century Fox is doing it. It's about the Jack London novel, uh, "Call of the Wild," and it's about a wolf that gets uh, transported over to um uh, what's it called Alaska and is forced into labor and you know harrison ford's in it and there's a lot there's just tons of great actors in it and uh it's just it's going to be a a a pretty i think it's going to be a huge film christmas 2019
0: Uh, dude awesome man congratulations that's pretty badass thank
1: you i'm just very 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 grateful to still be working so um you know uh and and to be doing your podcast man and to be you know uh, chime it up with you I remember when you did that the that cover of uh
0: <laughs> oh yeah dude I did that I did uh me and my guy we did the cover of calculus I posted
1: it man, oh. and I thought it was so cool and I don't post anything you know from other people so, yeah, yeah I'd, never, dude. I'd never met you but I thought it was like the coolest thing ever so I posted it on my page everybody loved
0: yeah dude that was like what two years ago i did that two or two and a half years ago or something like that
1: better job than i did man
0: so (laughs) (laughs) get out dude well i'll I'll say like i was in a band too back in the day you know i played guitar and you know the guy that i was in the video with like he was my my partner with this podcast you know for a long time he's doing his own thing now and we'll write some music here and there um but dude, I never had a voice. I always thought I, you know, I could develop one, but you know, it's, it wasn't a natural thing for me. Um, but it, like I said, together and boy bands and a bunch of other music inspired me to do my music and play guitar and, you know, learn regular guy and, and do chords, to other, you know, the things that you guys did and sing along because it was catchy shit, man. And, um, it made an impact on a lot of people, and you should be really proud of yourself and the shit that you guys accomplished, and you know, all the stuff that you have yet to accomplish, man. I really feel psyched about you. I think you're a great guy and uh, not just a regular
1: guy. See yeah. what I did there? And you know, regular <laughs> guy chords, bro. Let me tell you a little backstory on that tell uh, me is uh i wrote that song back in when i was 15 and it wasn't regular guy it was called there's a liquor store across the way and it was about me a <laughs> liquor store it was in my band liquid zoo anyways so then i came out with regular guy but that was a that was a you know done song and then if you listen then man, a girl thought she was grand fell in love yeah. same freaking chords and there was almost a loss yes before. sir was only- hey, if I'm, if I'm not
0: mistaken, tell me that, um, that, that puddle of mud song was in the court of E, but regular guy, I think is in the court of F. Am I, am I right?
1: No, they're actually in the same court. They're, uh, are they, uh, a regular guy is in the court of F and I believe that song is in the court of F as well. I could, I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. I'd have to give it a listen, but there was almost a lawsuit there on that. Um, was there really? Yeah, there was, because I mean, it was a, late i don't know if they meant to i mean we all do it but i mean it was it's so similar you it's know it's very
0: similar and I, I remember dude i actually remember like learning that you know i would go to like those tab websites ultimate guitar and and learn this shit and a lot of times i would hear the stuff from the album and try to play it myself sure. um but I then like you listen to you like yeah. do the tabs i'm sorry that's how
1: i learned how to play guitar i mean doing that just going
0: yeah, through tabs, man. Like I when you say you can play a lot of instruments, there's not a lot of people in this world that can do that. You just have that knack, man. I just
1: you know, grace of God, man. <laughs> I'm just blessed I'm able to play instruments. I love it, you know? Uh I I'm just I'm just grateful that 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 I'm able to do what I'm with you know, that I'm able I feel like, you know, somebody's always watching out for me as long as i'm doing the right thing and like you say as long as you treat people right as long as you're a good person you're moral you have integrity i, I think that you will uh, and this is what i've learned you know in my 30 years and if i could tell anybody anything is is if you if you have integrity and you're moral and you have a moral compass and you treat people right i think good things will happen and you have to be passionate and you have to want it but I think no matter what it is you want, no matter how crazy it sounds, the sky's the limit. Because never in a million years, if you would have told me I was going to be an actor or I was going to do this, would I have said oh, that's it's going to happen? Because I wouldn't have believed you. But I mean, you know, it's, music was what I was passionate about, and think and and look how it worked out. Worked out great. And yeah, I've had downs and I've had ups, but I mean in the end, it's, it's all brought me to the place I'm at now. So, and I'm grateful to be here, you know, with the people surrounding me. And I got a great daughter. She's, uh, she'll be 18 the 31st. So I started young, um, you know,
0: 18, huh? Holy shit, man.
1: Yeah. She'll be 18, 31st Kaylee. And, uh, you know, I got a great, uh, fiance. I got a, you know, I got a great my dad, my stepmom, and just everybody in my life is just amazing. My aunt, uncle, everybody, you know. um, I a very supportive family, and grateful to have them in my life, and grateful to have a good core friends that are in my life,
0: and hey, grateful to be. Yeah, man, you're you're lucky. You're lucky. That's great. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I think gratitude practices are something that everybody should do because it could always be worse. And, uh, you gotta be thankful for what you got when you got it, because you never know one day it could be taken away. But uh, I think what you said there is, uh, it was beautiful. Like, like no, no better way to end a podcast than to what you said right there. So just let, let my listeners know where they can find you, man. Uh,
1: all right. My, uh, Instagram is Solowet. Um, my, you know, Facebook is Alex Solowitz, And I believe my Twitter is just Alex Solowitz too.
0: Awesome, man. Uh, I really think you should get on a podcast yourself and make the uh, solo what podcast or something <laughs> like that. And uh, I'm serious, dude. I think that there's uh, you'll you'll create a following super fast. And I mean, I would be one of your listeners. Hopefully, you know, I'll get on your podcast. We'll shoot the shit. We'll talk about it starting at the Danny Cola podcast. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get together and fly out to California. We'll freaking hang out do a song together or some shit like oh, that i don't know so
1: much fun you know i was thinking that how bad i want to like do like a 90s 2000 cover band you know like how cool that
0: damn is, you know? that would you'd be perfect for that yeah
1: but you know after this i'll, I'll send you a a song like i just did and i'll, I'll send you that meditation thing <laughs> you gotta check it out it's really funny
0: sounds good man yeah this is a start of a relationship i i appreciate you doing this and um yeah, like I said, you, you gave a real good story. It was, uh, it was exactly what I thought this would be, honestly. So uh, I really appreciate you, man. I, I really do. I appreciate
1: you, man. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: And that was the podcast, everybody. What a nice guy. Uh, make sure to follow his Instagram at Solo What? And then his uh, Facebook and Twitter at Alex Solowitz. It was a really fun conversation, and there was a lot that we got out of there, especially when it gets deep about you know life during together and you know when it starts, going, uh, starts crumbling apart and how you have to maintain a positive mindset and attitude going from job to job and, and really uh, reinventing yourself as he says you know. It's not as easy as we think out there uh, in Los Angeles, trying to make it out there. You know, sometimes you get your your big breaks and and what have you, but it's a constant struggle. And you know, there's a ton of people out there that get broken down. And yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful that he shared his story, and I think a lot of us can learn uh, from his story. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to leave a five star rating if you like what you heard today. Um, check out my instagram at danny cola fitness follow my facebook at danny cola uh, Dannycola.com is under construction and soon to come check the show notes and get your uh, 25% off uh, on su- your superhuman tools daily planner or monthly planner okay uh, free shipping with promo code danny check out the show notes for that Also, big thanks to Elemental Float and Cryotherapy. Check the show notes. Go to ElementalFloat.com. And if you mention the Danny Cole podcast uh, at the door, at the register, you get $20 off your first float or cryo session. That's all I got today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Much love. And uh, have a good day, good night, good life.